Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Coming up on TMS. Hey, go away. It's been one week since the bee stung me. Tickling the beans. I don't like people watching me pee. Wolf Heart Mongo. The foodborne identity. Happy dumb 24th of July. Hornets are dicks. Bloody gross burger. All the good tribe names are taken. You are wrong. Google it. Dodging COVID balls. Pepper Luigi commits assault. Heavy fraggle rock with Amy. Projecting buttholes with Wendy and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Joy, the box with its implications of rigidity and squareness symbolizes unimaginative thinking. He is deranged. I don't care. This is the morning stream. Good morning, all, and welcome to TMS. It is Thursday, July 21st, and it is 2022, as you all are aware. I'm Scott Johnson, and that is Brian Hibbett. That's right. All of that is right. So it, here we are, 2322, episode mm. 2322 in 2022. Oh, so, crap. Uh, You're the one that noticed this time. Holy crap. Yeah. Nicely yeah. done. Yeah, I missed that entirely. Uh, I, I feel like I was... Um, I was starting to look toward like what when will be the next big thing? Well, it would be yeah. like two twenty three twenty three. I mean, something. tomorrow will be seven twenty two twenty twenty two. I mean, that's something. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. good. The seven should yeah. be a two, but yeah, we already had that on two twenty two twenty two. That's right. And our next episode, obviously, uh, couch. Our couch cushions don't count as uh, episodes, but uh, yeah. our next episode will be twenty three twenty three. Oh, there you go. And if you're European, you flip it all backwards and you got a whole new number. Ah. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Yeah. So somebody just pointed out, TRPW pointed out episode 23, 22 on 21 on the 21st. Oh, wow. 20. That's cool. Count it down. There's something. There's something there. Uh, nothing really of note, but there's something. There. Yeah. I'm not moving to Europe for this. Okay. I'm not moving there for it, <laughs> but I like mentioning yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, I got a funny story to tell you if you'd like to hear it. I'd love to hear it. Great, because it's a kind of a hoot. So uh, Van uh, Straw, my little grandson, yes, yes, is uh, three and a half now and is going through the the uh, the machinations of potty training. Okay. Oh, fun! All right. Yeah. yeah. He's uh, he's doing okay. Doing pretty good. Like you know, when he has to pee, he'll come grab his mom and go. I need to go potty. That kind of thing, and she'll take him and whatever. He's yeah. very private about it. Doesn't you know? As as maybe you should be. I don't know, but he's very like you know. He doesn't want uh, he doesn't want lookers on. He doesn't want. Yeah. It's not a it's Who not does? a show. You know. <laughs> yeah. So he barely even likes his mom around, 
let alone anybody else. <laughs> so yesterday he's over at the house. He's here last night, and uh, he goes walks up to uh, to um, to my to my wife to Kim and says, "Nana, I need to go potty because Kim Carter was or Taylor was somewhere else." <clears throat> so we said, "Okay, the kids are over for dinner." So Kim, Kim goes, "Okay, no problem. Let's go, buddy." So they go run into the bathroom, and I'm just so proud of him because he's at this little stage. You know, it's important where we mm-hmm. pee matters. Mm-hmm. You know. So I come around the corner and I poke my head around the corner. I just kind of go around like this, and he's standing there, you know, trying to pee. Not going yet, yeah. but he's trying. Yeah. And uh, he's doing the stand up, you know, a little little man sure. pose or whatever. And I turn my I turn my head around and I go, "Hey!" And he goes, "These are his exact words and exact tone. I wish I could have recorded it. I would have loved to have had this audio." He says, "Hey, go away!" He says to me, <laughs> "Just like nice. that." Just like oh, that I voice it. is like excited to see it. Like, hey, go away. Hey, go. Hey, get. This is he's, a private He's kind moment. of getting, uh, oh my God, he's developing the, it's almost a sarcasm. What is it? It's like, uh, go away. <laughs> I don't you know, know like, what to call it. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yes, I don't oh, know what there's fantastic. a word for it, but it was so funny. I could not stop laughing, which didn't help any because he just, he just gets self-conscious and, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, mean, I think yeah. he got maybe two, three drops out before he gave up. But Sure. But uh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Oh my gosh. It was a riot. Yeah, he's doing, I mean, three and a half. Can you believe that? That's insane. Yeah. Holy cow. I can't believe how time flies. I was in my 40s when he was born, and now I'm not. Anyway, <clears throat> so uh, there's that, and it was fun. And we had homemade uh, curry, and that was great. And uh, uh, I showed Dylan my steam deck. Nice. I could pronounce that properly. Oh, I didn't know you had one of those. Yeah, right here. That's oh, cool. Wayne's you haven't upstairs. mentioned it. <laughs> Didn't I? Oh, I get it. You're being sarcastic, I see. <laughs> I've mastered the sarcasm. Ah, sir. it's very good. It was so good, I suddenly missed it. But yeah, <laughs> he was all like jazzed about that, and we had fun and sat around, and I almost ate a bee, and it was a good night. Oh, so. tell me, so you just like almost, uh, was it in your food, or was it? Uh... I was outside laughing, and it just almost just went in my mouth and then came out. Oh, like, my gosh. Wow. Like that, and I went, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and I thought about what that might have meant for me, and you know, yeah. catastrophized about what it's like to have your throat bitten by or stung by a bee, and then I and then I oh. forgot about it and ate the rest of my curry, my homemade curry. Nothing but. good could come from that. I mean, it's like there's no like, well, you know, he swallowed a bee, but at least it only stung him in the esophagus. Yeah, you know, there's no like, yeah, ma- no, make an argument, least... make an argument for any positivity about getting a bee in your throat. <laughs> right, exactly. I dare you, anyone, to do that. Yeah. You can't yeah. do it. It's not possible. But uh, even people who love bees, do you really want one in your mouth? No. No. Sorry, no. no. I keep my mouth closed at the apiary. That's good. Oh, that is called an apiary, isn't it? I always apiary, think it's called yeah. a. Oh, what word a do I? Apiary. Apiary. <laughs> <laughs> no, I call it a b. Ah, I used to have a. Th- I will say it wrong, and then Carter or somebody that's smart will correct me. If she's in the chat, she'll tell me what it is. I forget what it is, mm-hmm. but I don't know what to call it. And she loves bees. She wants yeah. all bees to live. And to uh, breed and to st- uh, not sting, but you know, go do their pollen business. Sure, sure. Uh, hornets, though, uh, f hornets, f those guys. Yeah, yeah. They're dicks. Oh, hornets and yellow jackets. They can just go go eat a dick. Yeah, That's, they suck. Yeah, they're they do the suck. Do you know what's good? Yeah. So we got this little we got a little ecosystem going in the backyard. We want bees for pollination and also these plants and and stuff. Kim and Carter are growing in the backyard. They do mm-hmm. bees. Bees are good for them. So we mm-hmm. want bees. But we're having a hard time attracting bees, so we the, the the word is what you need to do is put a few little standing water things around. They'll okay. attract some of the bees. 
So then the bees come in, and then the bees will also chase off and or kill the hornets and keep the hornets from coming Really? In. Oh, that's cool. That's okay. what they tell me. I don't know. I am not an entomologist. I don't understand these things. I don't know what the F's going on. But bees. Wow. Catch them. Okay. Oh, that's, that'd be, uh, you'll have to let us know. I mean, if uh, if you don't have a lot of hornets to deal with and you do have bees, then uh, I guess that's a sign that it's working. That the bees are doing their job. That yeah. the bees are doing their job. Keeping bees, the hornets bees are away. fine. They don't want to hurt you. If you leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. Yeah. It's yeah. hornets who are dicks and want to uh, fly up your butthole and destroy your life. Yeah, exactly. They like just get in, they keep like, like hovering at you and stuff. It's like, I'm not what you want. I am not the thing that you're looking for. Nope. I'm not the fleshy beast. I may be wearing to... bright Hawaiian shirts, but I am not a flower. <laughs> I, I promise I you. I didn't even think of that. Do you attract more when you wear those? Yeah, I you... probably do. Yeah. yeah. Do you? Have... Know, do they look more colors or do they look uh, more um, uh, more like smell or, or do they go oh, more by know. smell? I wonder what that color. is. I don't know. I thought my so when I grew up, everybody said, "Well, yellow jackets are drawn to your bright colors." But I don't know if that's actually true. I've just was told that could have been a wives' tale. Could have been, you know, home home uh, home brewed uh, philosophy. I have no idea. But my sure. mom would always say, "Oh, don't wear a yellow shirt if you're walking to school." Why, mom? Well, those bees will come after you. That's what she say, and I believed her. Yeah. So to this moment, I, I, I really don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. <laughs> yellow jackets like yellow jackets is how it works. <laughs> But yeah, I hate I freaking hate bees. Um, when was the last time you were stung by a bee? Could you tell me? Oh, geez, it's been it's been uh, <laughs> it's been at least five years, maybe longer. I can't think of the last time I was stung by a bee. I got stung by a yellow jacket because the lawnmower was too loud. Oh, geez, it pissed off the yellow jackets uh, in their hive or the hornets in their their hive, mm. which I promptly destroyed. I said. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You showed them. You want to play? Let's play. Yeah. You showed them who the dominant species was that day. I'll tell you. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, I can tell you exactly when it was. It was in June of 2002. Okay. And uh, it dive bombed me as I was going out to feed the dog in the kennel outside and they were living inside of the chain link kennel fence posts. So inside of them, they like that in there, I guess. And one of these hornets came out. The first thing, the first sensation I felt was one of them dive bombed me and hit me in the head, but it didn't sting me. It just bounced off. So I was like, what the frick was that? I look up. I don't see anything. Back to my business. This one got me right in the freaking head. And uh, I didn't do anything. I was just walking back there. Yeah, I didn't even jiggle the fence. your own business. Yeah. It's my fence. You, you yeah. little pieces of shart. <laughs> I freaking hate him. So uh, I love the fact that you remember it was June 2002. <laughs> I don't remember the day day, but I always remember the, June of 02. My puke, fa- my puke your, thing your was... arbitrary uh, uh, streak <laughs> measurements is, is something I absolutely love about you, and I hope you never change. Well, as long as I don't break these records so the puke one july it doesn't of, matter if you break these records. <laughs> no it doesn't right? like, actually matter what is gonna happen if you puke tomorrow like, it won't is, matter is there, well then i have yeah. to tell everybody because i've set up these expectations now not just on their air but i mean like really you know. really the expectations you have i think the expectations you've set up are not as much with us as they are with you. we're all not going to be like oh everybody wear a ribbon on your shirt yep yep it's well, gonna Johnson be, threw up on Friday. Everybody wants it to be a massive event. I don't. I don't want it to happen at all. But uh, yeah, it, it yeah. yeah, July the three years later, two thousand and five. That was my date. And the black armbands have come out because Johnson <laughs> puked on a weekend. 
<laughs> I hope it's after I eat a black and white cookie. Here's what I'll do. This is what I'll do. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Do you remember? You've seen that Seinfeld episode. Is that a Seinfeld? Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. Thought, I remember the Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah where he buys the black and white. He buys the, the black whole, and white. where he chases the lady down for the marble rye, isn't it? Uh, no. That's the one where they're in the bakery forever trying to get a babka, a cinnamon babka. That's right. It was a cinnamon babka. It wasn't the, I was thinking it was when he, uh, he he's going there for the marble rye, but that's a whole different thing. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. I haven't thrown up since 1987. Whatever <laughs> that's right. And then, and then he goes and does it. And then she asks how it was. He says, as good as it gets. And then that was the end of that but uh, uh what was my point my point is um oh my point is i think that that episode informed how i would view such things i think i kind of glommed uh, onto maybe, that and went maybe. oh well, i'm gonna make it a big deal then because i hadn't before this it was 98 before that i don't remember it's not a puker i don't bark yeah yeah so anyway uh, i'll let you guys know, you know if what happens i'm i'm all of a sudden i'm thinking oh what a fun tms vegas game no we're live TMS. No. Can we get Scott to puke? No. Like, can we? No. What What can the audience come up with via scent or description or... <clears throat> you'd, you'd be hard-pressed because part of the reason I haven't barfed in that long is I don't... I hate the experience of it so much <laughs> that I... There have been times where I should have barfed and didn't. Yeah, so yeah. you would have a hard time, I think. Now, the only way you could really get me is if somebody cheated and put like... Epicac in my drink or something. Well, yeah, exactly. And I think the thing, stuff like that would be off limits, right? Like, uh, um, what's the castor oil or Epicac or uh, yeah, none of Epicac that. You do that and it's cheating. I think you can't um, do that. I wonder what would gross I mean, me out enough. Yogurt to soda, <laughs> spoiled yogurt soda. I mean, if I drank the whole thing, it would probably make me sick. But tasting it, yeah, thickened liquid, uh, thickened liquid. You guys never want to put an ed at the end. It's it's just like you know, it's a description. It's a it's a uh, it's not a verb. Yeah, <laughs> it's an adjective. Thickened liquid. It'd be easier if it was uh, thick liquid. Then, but people always yeah, have to put the thick ed. Would be better. Just thick just liquid. Just portman, portmanteau that shit. Like just, <laughs> just. Uh, <laughs> Brian, he's drinking some thickwood. Thickwood. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I love that. That's an amazing portmanteau. Anyway, uh, anyway, what would you do? Yeah, what do so you think would get me there? I don't know. Would no get idea. you. All right. Um, You'd have to like kill a family of 12 in front of me or something. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, really? I don't know what it would be. I'm just trying to think of something that would make me Something that would make you throw up? Yeah. Uh, I think... I think making you watch somebody eat a plate of wings yeah. and then slowly lick all of their fingers... Oof. No, I wouldn't do it. Oh, that would gross you out, but it wouldn't. It gross me uh, out. It wouldn't, wouldn't make me puke. No, no. Yeah. I'd have to. You know what might get me? What's that? Somebody eats a plate of wings, licks all their fingers, uses the same fingers to make themselves throw up the chicken wings, and then eats, <laughs> the, and then eats the chicken wings again. Then, then all you right, might have right. me. They'd have yes, to be right. so gross. They'd have who, to be like... Volunteers? Who do we got? Uh, but keep in mind, I've seen all the jackass movies and the terrible stuff they do to I each know, other in there. Yeah, it's yeah. not a problem. I can get over it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it'd have well, to be... What makes a, you... Is there anything that makes you nauseous? Oh, yeah. Getting up on that uh, that, that high, uh, roller? high roller would have made me nauseous, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Heights get hmm. me. Yeah, I'm going to try to break this record before next Vegas meetup. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> just so just so this doesn't become a challenge and yeah. unplanned. Like, because now even if I don't say it's an official game, yeah. now it's kind of become an unofficial secret game. Yeah, and all I, all I have to do is like the weekend before I'll go, oh, you guys, sorry, I uh, <laughs> I hurled. 
Really? Tell us all about it. And I don't really want to give you details. I just, you know, just know that I hurled. And uh, new yeah. record, new new time stamp. Put, set, the, set the clock to zero. <laughs> right, exactly. Reset back to, back to zero days. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, all right. Uh, okay. Also, we anyway. got we got a call out here from uh, somebody. It's more aimed at me, unfortunately, yeah. but whatever. We'll deal with it. Here's uh, this: send and receive email. This is uh, Evan from Michigan. He says a passionate fan who wants you to be happy and stop depriving yourself of happy things. That's how he signed this. So that gives you an idea where we're at. Wow. Okay. Well, he's hello. Got a mission. He says hello, Steve and Barb. Uh, I feel like I'm taking barb and <laughs> barb. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills anytime Stranger Things is mentioned. The fact that Scott hasn't watched Stranger Things is absolutely insane to me. Well, reminder, I did watch season one. I'm just not caught up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, check. Well, a version of it. They couldn't use the actual D and D. Anyway. Okay. Uh, 80s theme, check. I'll give you that. Sci-fi fantasy elements, absolutely check. Check of the oh, sorry cast of fantastically acted kids, check. Well, you got that weird Wolfheart Mongo, whatever his name is. What's his name? <laughs> Finn Wolfheart? Finn Wolfheart, yeah. Wolfheart Mongo. Mongo. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of weird looking. Anyway. Yeah. These are all elements we know Scott loves and pair that with the fact that it's an insanely popular show. I just don't understand why it is up for discussion. Brian, you are going uh, far too easy on him, since so is the chat room. If he doesn't want to watch Parasite, whatever. If he doesn't want to watch Loki, whatever. Uh, that's one he can definitely read the synopsis of. But this no, one is so it's good. Not, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> he God, says it's right. so good and such an easy binge. And anyone who mentions uh, just reading the synopsis should really have their nerd card question. Rant over, watch wow. the damn show. Love, Evan. Wow. Hmm. Not not just like uh, do it, Scott, but now a line in the sand like your nerd card uh, could be revoked if you don't hurry up and watch. Yeah, and he things. threw your Loki under the bus. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's not one that you can just read the synopsis. Thank you very much. That's uh, uh, the yeah. corpse of Loki languishing under the bus now. Exactly. Because of uh, Evan. I don't know. I'm not. I'm actually planning on watching it. It's not that I don't want to. I saw the first season. I liked it. it you're right. Yeah. It it, it kind of tickles all the beans. The problem I have is <laughs> uh-huh. the problem I have is it's it's that thing I always tell you about, which is it's a Netflix original. What does that mean to me? It's yeah. there forever. Right, so I exactly. can just kind of Disney Plus Loki's going to be there forever. Hulu has Parasite. Never shows any signs of that leaving. So. No, it seems permanent, and so that's the problem. Is I get this per- this feeling of permanence makes me go, well, that'll be there. I'll go do something that's less permanent. There's, so I, I know a, I do that. a second thing too, and it's a very valid one for all of us for both for, for for both you and I. I think Randy as well that we need stuff that we can talk about on recommendals and. If we watch something that that one of us is already recommended that's been out for a while, we can't use that. Like if we binge a a sixteen hour show, twenty hour show for uh, uh, that somebody else has talked about, that leaves us with no time to watch something else that we could talk about on recommended. Yeah, so. which is kind of what I ran into uh, this time because I did watch some stuff with Kim, but it was a recommended you made, and I forgot the name of the show, but. Like that's why I did the Wallace Tell and me Gromit it was after thing. party. If it wasn't after party, I'm hanging up right now. Oh, I don't remember. It wasn't after party. You'd remember if you watched after party. No, it wasn't that. It was something. After else. party was one of those shows that uh, really slipped under the radar. But then, as soon as the Emmy nominations came out, everyone's like, "Oh, after party got snubbed. After party should have been on there. Why isn't after party on the list?" Well, mainly because these reward shows are reward shows are bullshit. But whatever. 
I mean, they are what they yeah. are. I'm they all, are. I also, by the way, so there's another example. Someone brought up the boys in the chat. I'm a huge oh, fan yeah. of the boys. I know it's not yeah. for everyone, but I love it. And uh, I am two episodes into the new season, but I'm just ridiculously behind. Uh, 1883, another thing that sings my name. Because you like Yellowstone. I love Yellowstone. And this thing's yeah. set in the 1800s. Sam freaking uh, Elliot oh, yeah. is in it. Yeah. Going, you know, he's in it. And so there's that whole thing going. And why hasn't Scott eaten that? Partly because I know Paramount Plus has it in or Peacock, whoever has it, has it in perpetuity. It's theirs. It's their original. Yeah, Just be there. That's, they need to uh, they need to tease like, well, you know, uh, we're not sure we're going to keep Parasite. So if you haven't watched Parasite, we don't know if we're going to have it forever. Yeah. Maybe that's the Maybe that's it. Maybe they need to. Yeah, I don't know. I may get, get some art, artificial scarcity. I'm, you know what? I actually realize what I'm asking for, and I don't want it because Disney, famous for the vault, what yes. a what a horseshit concept that was. So it's like, yes. hurry up and get the Little Mermaid before it goes back right. in the vault. What vault? Exactly. No vault. Exactly. So yeah, oh, I don't there's want a it. vault. There is a vault. Yeah, is there a 100%. vault? One hundred percent. Tina saw the vault. She so in uh, Stone Mountain in Georgia. No, where was it? It was. Um, when she was in that doing her investigator job and they were training her, she had to go to Pennsylvania. Um, and she, and, and basically they had training inside this vault where she actually had to go into a mountain, kind of like NORAD, right? Where it was like, um, cool. You couldn't drive in there. You had to get onto a bus and the bus would take you under this mountain to this training facility where the investigators were. And she saw the Disney vault, which is also there, an actual Disney vault where they can temperature control all of the all of the original um, films and all that stuff, all the original uh, uh, stuff. I, it is Iron Mountain. Okay, I was trying to think if it was if it was uh, Iron Mountain. But when they were doing um, it with DVDs, it's digital. Yeah. You're done. There's no. There's nothing to protect. You just right. have. I mean, it's. Right. It, it's not like they, we can only produce 120,000 copies of Lady and the Tramp and then we have to stop. <laughs> right. They can't have enough lady, Ladies and the Tramps out there yeah. in circulation. The, uh, but Song of the South, uh, never oh, yeah. coming out of that vault, probably. Sadly. I assume it's in the vault, though, right? It's in the vault. For sure it's in the vault. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't realize but, there was uh, an actual vault. I thought it was all bullshit. There is an actual, actual Disney vault. Shows what I know. Um, okay, well, the answer to the and and TV's Travis says it best. These things, to my to my point about it, it's always going to be there. Yeah, yeah, he's right. But I'm not always going to be here, so right. Maybe I should think of it that way and oh. panic, panic, watch everything. Right. Know? What What do you need to see before you die? Uh, how much uh, that uh, Riverdale is there now? Should, I go, <laughs> should just watch all the Riverdale. Right. Until I'm it's bleeding. feeling like a George Carlin rant. What do you need to see before you die? <laughs> Your George Carlin a little Nicholson yeah, a little more uh, Jack. Nicholson. <laughs> it was a little Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I have not been working on my George Carlin at all ever. Uh, that was awesome. Here's Johnny. All right, uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna transition to. Uh, well, I guess I need to watch Loki. <laughs> that's right. It's pretty good. Uh, we're gonna call. We're gonna call Amy. Um, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I've been reading, but it's been comic books. I I feel like I don't have much to bring to the table today. But um, I don't know why we couldn't recommend comic books as reading material. I there mean, we books. sure could. I guess I've it's already right done it. Right there though. in the name. I guess I already did it with that eight billion genies. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. 
I'm only three episodes, three issues in, and I just freaking love Eight Billion Genies. Can't recommend it enough. All right. Anyway, here's this, everybody. Right freaking here. Look who it is, everybody, sauntering up the path in our idyllic uh, idea of what it looks like when Amy joins us. It's Amy Robinson, (laughs) uh, a.k.a. Red Fraggle. Hi, Amy. Welcome to Read This with Amy. How are you? Hi, good morning. Yes, I do a little dance in my chair every time that my little theme comes Aww. on. It is, it is music. Yeah, yeah it's like, nice. I it's... see you skipping. I see you skipping down a pathway that's lined with flowers, mm-hmm. and you're carrying a basket that's full of books. That's yeah. what I visualize. It's like Aww. one of those old, uh, like those documentaries I always capture for the show. It's like uh, Amy is on her way to school. What will she find on the way? You know, that kind of thing. Well, anyway, uh, exactly. it's good to have you here, of course. As always, we're going to talk about uh, some book recommendations. You also sent me this little uh, Twitter link. Did you want to do that first? Yes. Re- okay. So, yeah. play. You can play the, the Twitter I sent you. Just be aware that the sound is awful, and I'll explain why um, after. But, you know, it's this is this is more for the chat room, I think, than it is for the for the people listening. But okay. we'll, okay. we'll ex- I'll explain it for right. the people listening. Fair like, enough. Go for those, on ahead. For those at home, we're looking at a, the preview image before I hit play. Is is Amy? Uh, this is your natural hair, right? This uh, <laughs> yeah, this stuff here. <laughs> that uh, is my my red fraggle hat that pre- I crocheted. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, but anyway, I'm gonna play it for the chat. Here you go. Let's see what we get. Well, you're right about that audio. Yeah, it's, there were people <laughs> vacuuming in the background. What? <laughs> so wait a minute. Is this the Fraggle song, but like heavy metal or something? What is it? It is. Yes. So a number oh. of tadpoolers have sent me this link. I've been like, oh my God, Amy, have you seen this? And and uh, so I think Icor sent it to me first on Discord and... I was just dying. I was I was loving it. And KT Data said, "Okay, now I need a video of Red Fraggle headbanging." And so I said, "Well, all right, here you go. Yeah. Asking ye shall receive." And that's part of why the audio is bad is because at that moment there were people vacuuming my house, and so I was like, "Okay, but I have to I have to give it to you like right now." Oh man, you have people um, for that. You have that people. Hat is great, by the way. Yeah, the hat is awesome. Thank you. Tell me more also, about these Firehouse Subs. Uh, this video is sponsored by <laughs> Firehouse Subs, apparently. I know. I noticed that it was like I I had ordered lunch for you know everybody in my house from them, and they gave me this big humongous paper bag, and so I keep <laughs> I keep those big empty paper bags in my office for stuff. Like recycling, you know, stuff I have to shred and things like that. So when you say there are people awesome. vacuuming, who who are these people? Who do you think? Oh Chuck well, vacuuming? I no Chuck was not vacuuming. So I have I have a a a lady who comes in like every three weeks or so and oh. just helps me out with like basic cleaning stuff. Um, just because I the last time I tried to scrub my shower clean, yeah. I literally fell on my butt and I was scared mm. to death that I had injured my back somehow. And so I was like, that's oh, it. Yeah. Forget it. Well, plus you I got am that hiring a service. You told us about that thing where you got the uh, the you got the what's it called the sleep thing the you fall asleep easy. Oh, yeah, yeah, it? yeah. Whatever that yeah. is. So yeah, yeah, that's Sorry a good idea. Lucky. That's a yeah. good idea. I would love a cleaning person, and here's why. Yeah. Because then Kim would stop telling me how little I clean. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'd want her to be able to come yeah. in and do it while Kim's not paying attention. And then she'd come yeah. home and go, oh, my gosh, Scott, what'd you do? Oh, well, you know, just trying to do my part around here. Anyway, see you later. And I'd just, that'd be it. 
That'd be great. Anyway, mm-hmm. my fantasies yeah. aside, uh, let's get to this uh, this book today. Oh, for a second, that was Brian's chair. I'm looking at the wrong link. Sorry. Did you get your chair, Brian? Did you did you order that thing? I'm just curious. No, you, okay. not yet. I've been trying to decide which one I want, and uh, I'm not. You know, I, I, there's there's good chairs, bad chairs. I'm looking at reviews. I'm not. You know, not 100. percent Expensive sure chairs, cheap chairs, a lot of expensive chairs. Yeah, yes, it's all over the map. I feel you. I I do not like chair, chair shopping. It's like the freaking and, and worst. And part of me is like, oh, you know, why not just spend the money, Brian, and get a good one for, for four or 500 bucks. Yeah. There's, there's, you know, a secret lab, highly recommended secret lab. Looks like they make some amazing shares. I've reviews, five-star reviews across the board, but, um, 500, you know, spending though. $500 on a chair right now is, is, uh, I need to drive a lot of lift. To yeah. Do that. <laughs> I need that chair to give me a bidet wash as I get up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just constantly be cradling me. Yeah, you better be massaging me and doing all sorts of things for 500 bones. Well, anyway, uh, Amy, let's get to this book. Do you want me to play the clip or do you have any uh, setup for it or anything or what do you want to do? Yeah, let's just jump right into the clip because it's super fun. All right, here we go. The last version was almost there. Doc said she definitely saw evidence of a tumescent cloaca. I laughed. I was glad you chuckling, Satie said. I was just thinking that Edward's tumescent cloaca would have been an excellent band name. Emo, obviously, Kahurangi said. Their first album glistened with promise, but their follow-up was a little flaccid. Their third album was really shitty. To be fair, the competition was stiff that year. I just thought that they should have showed more spunk. I was going to add more to this terrible, disgraceful conversation. But then we crested a hill, and I got my first look at Edward. Holy shit, I said. Sati grinned. Cute like a panda, right? Kahurangi made a noise at this. Mate, if you think that's cute, you've been on this planet too long. Seconded, I said. That thing looks like H.P. Lovecraft's panic attack. Sati nodded. Wait till you see his cloaca. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's Will Wheaton, isn't it? That's definitely Will Wheaton. That is Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the name of this book is The Kaiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi. And I apologize. I don't remember who actually recommended this book to me because I had put a call out there. I was like, okay, y'all, I really want to get into reading Scalzi's books, but I'm intimidated and I don't know, I don't know quite where to start. And a number of people said, go for this one. It's really fun and it's easy. And they were correct, and it's it's really fun and hilarious. And you know, I I, I see some of the people in the chat were like, ah, it might be distracting listening to an audiobook that was uh, narrated by Will Wheaton. And I had the same thought, so I started just reading the book on my Kindle, and then I was like, okay, I need to move this along a little quicker so I can get through this book. And so I listened to the audiobook. And it's great because his delivery is as much fun as the text of the book. Mm. So, um, and it's it's a really really fun book. Uh, I I explained it to my mom this morning, as you know, you know those people who go out into nature reserves and things like that, and they work with endangered animals and they try and you know, get, make sure that they breed and they, they keep them. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So imagine that, but like for Godzilla's. 
okay. Interesting. I so, love it. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it is really really fun, and the the great thing about this book is that if you, I actually recommend read everything after the text of the book, like all of Scalzi's acknowledgments and all that stuff, because he puts an afterword on the book and he says, okay, look, I was in the middle of writing like super heavy, serious sci-fi novel in 2020. And then 2020 happened and I hated the book I was writing and I did not want to make it anymore. And so instead, he wrote this book and he said, it's a pop song. And every once in a while, we just need a pop song. Huh. And and it is. It's it's good. It's it's a great fun little book. It's it's not unintelligent or anything. It's it it's it's very John Scalzi. It's very sci-fi. It's got it, it kind of explains how the kaiju exist and you know all of that and it's got lots of lots of good techno babble like sci-fi and it's just a it's a it's a fun popcorn book i guess if they made a movie of it it would be a popcorn movie yeah. um so he's so good there at that. You go. his his old yeah. i'm actually i was just thinking about this dude because scalzi wrote um old man old man's war and then a bunch of follow-up oh, novels to it okay and i loved that uh-huh. book just absolutely loved it i only read the first two and i probably should have continued but um and maybe still will but i heard they were optioning it for a movie or tv or a series or something and i don't know what happened to that i was really looking forward to it i don't know maybe it's still in the works but um, if you haven't read Scalzi's work, you're you're missing out. That guy's man. That guy's great. He's got another book called The Android's Dream, and it's got sheep on the cover. And I'm thinking, dude, come on now, quit trying to make people <laughs> accidentally buy your book when they're looking for Blade Runner. Yeah, that's right. Blade Runner. Back in 2017, he was trying to capitalize on everybody's interest in Blade Runner. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, yes. No, this sounds great. Um, I didn't realize. I, you know what? I'd seen this book title before. Didn't know it was John Scalzi. That surprises me. I don't know why, but I didn't know that. And this is new, right? Yep. Ish. Yes, um, it is new. He wrote he wrote it in 2021. So that's right. it's yes. it, and it it sort of it takes place during that time. Like there are references to the pandemic and everything in there. Wow. So yeah. yeah, it's um it's great and it's it's like I say, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a quick read. Uh yeah, I I totally recommend it. So thank you to all of you who recommended that I I read that. I took it under advisement and now I'm recommending it. Nice. To all of you. There you go. And so, if you're if you're if you really enjoy it, keep moving through his books because he's a good author. And it feels, yeah, it feels and like I'm a big nerd. I'm glad actually to be uh, reading his stuff now because I have followed him on Twitter for a long time, mm-hmm. and I've actually met him. Which the photo I sent you, uh, in addition to the little Twitter and all the other stuff I sent you, I sent you a photo. Oh, uh, let's see. so. I have met John Scalzi because he oh. goes on the Joko cruise that I go on every year. Oh, cool. That's and, right. Here it is. I found it. That is John so, Scalzi and a, and a puppet hanging out. That, that's my puppet. Yep. <laughs> I built that puppet. I am there just out of frame like a good puppeteer should be. Yeah. But yeah, that was at the dress party on the Joko cruise. So you can't really tell there, but John Scalzi is in fact wearing a dress. And uh, <laughs> so my puppet and I were sort of busking around the party and uh i don't know kind of doing a joan riversy kind of thing you know like, oh, like um, a red red carpet commenting coverage on thing? everybody's dresses and whatnot and yeah it that's was so cool that's cool super fun that's so. awesome all right well definitely check this one out 
Uh, once again, the title of that book is, remind me, where is it? Oh, I had it right here and I lost it. Uh, it is The Kaiju Preservation Society. There you go. Uh, available now on Kindle, audiobook, uh, hard book. Hard book? Uh, what do you call it? Hard yes. book. What are hard they called? Pack. Hard pack. <laughs> <laughs> You can get it in hard book form. Mm. All right, Amy, uh, always good to talk to you. I hope you have a fantastic week. And uh, we'll you see too. you later. Bye now. See you, Amy. There she goes. I should play her music out. The last version. Whoops, that was the audiobook. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, well done, everybody. Let's see. Oh, we got time for news. Let's do a little bit of news ah. right now. It's time for the news brought to you by. Brought to you by Coverville today, celebrating the birthday of Don Henley. That dude does taking a break from building the perfect beast to celebrate the boys of summer. And uh, there's a new kid in town. I don't know. Something like that. Anyway, Don Henley, a solo artist uh, responsible for songs like uh, Dirty Laundry, All She Wants to Do is Dance, um, uh, Leather and Lace with uh, Stevie Nicks. But also, he was a member of this band way back called The Eagles. Oh. I don't know if you've heard of them. But uh, so, of course, songs like uh, Hotel California, uh, Life in the Fast Lane. I tried to pick uh, Eagles songs that were Don Henley fronted as opposed to, you know, things like I Can't Tell You Why and um, uh, I'm trying to think of another one that I bypassed because it wasn't fronted by Don Henley. Anyway, yeah. uh, so you're going to hear covers today by folks like India R.E., and Ingrid uh, Kiosovic and the Hot Stewards and the Smoking Popes. And of course, me first in the Gimme Gimmies, who we just talked about. All this and more coming up today, 1 p.m. Mountain Time, twitch.tv slash Coverville. Nice. Did Henley, uh, I know he had, uh, there was some controversy some years back. I, I suppose he's probably fine now. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Oh. Yeah, here, I just found it. Some controversy about what his... Uh... His lifestyle. Oh, here it is. Really? Okay. Uh, last, yeah, it was in 2020 I read this and I just found it. Uh, it says, back in 1980, 911 call from Henley brought the fire department to his Los Angeles home. They found a naked 16-year-old sex worker who had overdosed on co- cocaine. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, oh. He has a tragic history with Stevie Nicks, Jamie McCarthy, Getty Images. Oh, that's a photo. Uh <laughs> <laughs> his coke orgies uh, some something to do with that and quaalude overdoses and all that so apparently he had a moment there i mean who didn't i really, mean it was 1980 you know? we were all there man we had it going on yeah I that's mean, right <laughs> he was dating uh stevie nicks when she broke up with uh lindsey buckingham ah there's your problem and um <laughs> I just remember him in the car going. <laughs> I, I just remember him in the car going. The boys of summer have gone like driving around yeah. singing. I remember that video yeah. like it was yesterday. Yeah, and how every cover artist uh, changes the the sticker, the bumper sticker on the Cadillac. Yeah. Uh, to something else like um, what is it? It's Black Flag sticker by the if the Ataris uh, are singing, it's the Black Flag sticker on the Cadillac. And oh right. There's other ones. Uh, if you want to find out who the hot stewards, if they change the lyric, you'll just have to listen to uh, Coverville today, uh, 1 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, you know, it's weird. I did a search what? for John Scalzi, and I thought it was a one-off because I, every time I clicked on Scalzi's Wikipedia page, it would crash my browser. So I thought, oh, well, that's just Scalzi, or there's something wrong with his link. Mm. I do it again with Henley, same thing. So I wonder, like, if I go to just Wikipedia by itself... Hold on. Wikipedia.com. Yeah, seems fine. I don't know what that's about. Something with the Google search results is crashing my browser every time I click the Wikipedia oh, no. link. Yeah. 
That's fine. All right, well, don't do that. I'm not going to do that anymore. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to avoid doing that now. All right. Well, <laughs> we go from a 75-year-old Don Henley to a strip club owner. Uh, a, guy, a man made off of 22 k in $1 bills at the strip oh, club. jeez. $22,000. How, 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 like, how big a container would you need for $22,000 in $1 bills? Uh, no kidding. Because that's, I mean, that's literally 22,000 strips of paper, the size of dollar bills. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. that's got to be... Is there a photo? Oh, I guess not, because they don't. Do they? They don't know who this guy is. No, right? they still can't find him. Um, he's, he smells uh, like vanilla and glitter. <laughs> just follow the trail of glitter on the yeah. ground. Maybe he's got the world's largest g-string, and it's all jammed in there. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know. Anyway, the Cadillac Lounge. Uh, this manager Ed Imondi tells Twelve News he was preparing to open the strip club and was counting the money in his office when the suspect walked in, pointed a gun at his head. Uh, he says, at first thought, I thought it was a joke. And then he said, this is a robbery. I said, what? And he says, I'm going to rob this place. And Modi said, uh, or sorry, said he had one of the club's two safes open with roughly 3500 bucks in cash uh, in hand at the time, which the suspect took that. The men then demanded he open the other safe, which contained the twenty two grand in $1 bills. He took all the ones. I could hear him stacking them into a big bag he had. Uh, obviously, he knew he had a lot of money in there. He loaded up uh, the bag and said, that's it. Don't turn around. I'm leaving, says the guy. The man then left the club through the back door, hopping a fence and ran across nearby train tracks. Uh, the suspect knew the layout of the building, which is how he knew where to get him and get the money. Uh, they don't know where he is. Wow. He's out there. So so uh, one thousand stack of $1,000 bills would be 4.3 inches. So 22 times 4.3 would be 88 and change 88 uh, inches. 88 inches um yeah. so close to uh so it'd be like seven feet but that's it that's if you just have one stack of them so if you you know you split that in half you've got three and a half feet yeah he must have had a hell of a bag uh, probably just a big hefty cinch sack would do it you think right? that would do it i think so i think you could put uh twenty-two thousand in a hefty cinch sack i'm guessing that uh <laughs> uh that the limitation maybe was the bag and not how much money was at the strip club, right? Like he, mm. like he was his his uh, his his cap <laughs> was his bag of holding and not what yeah. was available. I would have to think <laughs> not that. The loot. Yeah, this guy claims there was only twenty two k in that one safe, but that seems. Oh, he okay. So really, I mean, he's claiming that. Who knows? I don't know. Right? Yeah. I don't, if I were him, I wouldn't even be talking to the news. Why do you want to tell everybody what you got in your safes now that this guy so easily walked away with twenty two grand? I think I'd, I think I'd keep it more quiet if I were him. Yeah, yeah. By the way, you didn't even get to the, uh, the uh, co owner of the club is a guy named Dick Shappy. Yeah. Or, or if you move that, uh, if you move that space just one to the right, it's Dick's Happy. Dick's Happy. It's <laughs> probably what it is, and he did it just it's to, probably what it is. Yeah, know, exactly. just to function in society. All right, well, there's that. Here's there a story go. about, uh, oh, here. hey, we're saving animals, everybody. Where's oh, my, good. Thank goodness. Where's my daughter? She'll love that this giant sea bug got saved. Uh, a super rare <laughs> orange lobster named Cheddar was saved from becoming seafood. Uh, these are really, really rare. Bright orange lobster was wow. rescued from its fate uh, as a meal at a red lobster after <laughs> staff members recognized the crustacean's unusual coloring. The lobster, <laughs> the lobster was named Cheddar. Uh, in an ode to the restaurant's famous Cheddar Bay Biscuits, uh, also because it was orange. Uh, Cheddar yeah. arrived in the shipment of Red Lobster, uh, to, or at uh, to Red Lobster in the shipment uh, in Hollywood, uh, Hollywood, Florida, according to the July 12th news release. 
Uh, says sometimes ordinary miracles happen, and cheddar is one of them. Says Mario Roque. Wow, that uh, is an ordinary miracle. Yeah, just an ordinary everyday <laughs> no, miracle. Sure, words have never been spoken. <laughs> a lobster was saved from a red lobster the other day. Yep, he says in the same press release, a group of incredible people helped us make this possible. We are so honored to have been able to help save Cheddar and find her a good home. F all these wow. other lobsters. We're eating those tonight. Yeah. Exactly. But this one, because it's colored funny, well done, everyone. I bet he was delicious. Yep. Um, let's see. Would have been delicious, <laughs> I should say. Yeah. So I guess this thing is like super rare. There's a few like this, like the albino one's really rare. And there's sure, like a the blue one. Blue one. Oh, yeah, the blue one's so weird. They mentioned, they mentioned blue one's not as rare as the orange, so. Yeah. And I always thought they were all orange, but that's after you cook them, right? And it's more red than orange anyway. Like a hot. Yeah, I mean, like, they, they, right, they kind of all turn red once you've. Yeah. Once you've cooked them. When Kim went to Mississippi on a recent trip, she they all went um, crab crabbing, they call it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Sure. And they all got out there in the in the bog, and they're up to their knees, you know, pulled their pants up to their knees, and went crabbing. And they caught a bunch of crab, and they all looked just gross, like these disgusting yeah, like crabs, brown, green, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. horrible. And then they cooked them, beautiful, red looking, just beautiful coloring. So that's just know that. But when you go to a yeah. restaurant, it's all lovely and red. Uh uh-uh. uh, they don't no, come that that's way. That's not how they start out. Nope. The crawdad, same thing. They look great. There's, when yeah, there's cooking. a lot of food that, that looks worse before you cook it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess this isn't breaking any yeah. any records here. There's that's true of almost everything you cook. I guess <laughs> nobody wants ground beef until it's cooked, right? Right. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a bright red color. You don't want to eat that. It's red is danger. Ooh, here's a hot it, uh, here's a, here's a hot take that'll get some emails. Uh. Anyone who eats raw hamburger or, or likes a, a rare burger, yeah, you're you're effed. They don't be doing that around me. You want to make me puke in Vegas? Eat a eat really? a raw bloody burger. Oh my gosh! Well, well okay, raw or rare? Because I mean, you know, I like my steaks rare. I do too. I like a rare steak. I like a lot of blood in there. But the reason it works with a steak is you're searing the outside, and it was always in that form, right? So you got like the the slab of meat. It was never mixed up, charred up, gooped up, and then put back together into a ball and then mushed down on the thing. So it's not the same char. You're 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 still you still have meat inside of there that needs to be cooked or else you're risking freaking salmonella or something. I mean it's it's you need to just get the whole thing up to temperature. It's not necessarily there's a char on the outside, it's the fact that you got the whole thing. You could sous vide it, keep the whole thing red and not have a sear on the outside, but bring the whole thing up to temperature. That's true. Is that all it takes then to kill any yeah. bacteria yeah. or whatever? Yeah, just have to get up to a to a foodborne or a whatever, like something temperature, not foodborne, uh, airborne. No, what is it? There's like a there's a word that I'm trying to come up with. That not is foodborne. Foodborne. Not foodborne. Foodborne allergies is probably foodborne, where I'm getting that. But but foodborne, foodborne illnesses. Illnesses. Anyway, yeah. Killing. I just need to get up to the temperature, and you could do the same thing with uh, ground beef if you want to sous vide ground beef up to the temperature that will kill any bacteria any harmful you know e coli or, or salmonella not e coli salmonella yeah um it'd probably still be red and it'd probably be delicious but it would still it would not look the dark brown that you want your hamburger to look well i you make good so, points you make good points <laughs> 
Check my DM. Did Claire Gack send me a meet DM? Hold on. I bet she did. She she sent you a. It's a Morrissey singing. Meet is murder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I found it. She got this while she was in New York. Here, Brian, I'll put it in our Discord. All right. Um, it's horrifying. I I just I could never eat this. Is it steak tartare or like a? No, it's just a burger. Yeah, look at that. Oh, yum. Gross. Gross, it's all in the bun and stuff. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is the bun, the lower the bottom bun is just soaked with uh blood juices. <laughs> Did she get this at Sam and Ella's uh burger joint? Is that where they got it? <laughs> That's foul. That's oh, foul. Don't man, like it. Now it's like, oh, where am I going for for lunch and dinner when I'm in Vegas? <laughs> I gotta I gotta take advantage of uh yeah, you know, I can't like, just go to go, like go nuts, dude, court. because if you if you end up getting the freaking COVID while you're there. You may as well yeah, eat like right. crazy. Just Make eat. Make it worth it. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Right. Put on a couple of pounds that you're going to lose for a week of COVID. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I'm, putting, I'm gaining my pre-COVID weight. <laughs> yeah. I say go for it. Yeah, All not right. going to the heart attack grill. I'll say that, though. That's that's a, that's a negatory. I don't even think I'm going to be going downtown, although I need to uh, I need to hit up uh, Mitzula and, and James and Svet. And, uh, They'll probably meet you wherever. I think so. Yeah. yeah. They're easy. They'll go. They'll go up to they the are. newer They're part ready. of the strip. Yes. Um. Uh. Let's do the story. So okay. I guess the, there's a global lost luggage crisis. Uh, oh yes, yes there is. Oh my god! I hope they're going to talk about the the plane from uh, the UK. Oh, is there a is there a story I don't know about? Let's there's. It, I don't see it mentioned in here. I don't think there it's apparently in here. was a uh, a flight a luggage plane from the UK that went to Detroit or something. <laughs> Um, I gotta look this. Where up was it supposed I'm to go? All the details uh, wrong. Um, it was all lost luggage. Uh, oh, the new, oh, new oh, the plane was entirely was full. Plane, of lo- the lost plane luggage? did not contain any. Uh, there it is. A Delta flight from London to Detroit contained no passengers but one thousand bags. <laughs> How did this domino thing London. happen? Like, how did these plans? These, I don't uh, get it. Get, I don't even yeah. know how it got here, but um, well, here's what this article says. When Jen yeah, Choi yeah, yeah. packed her and her family's bags, she feared the worst. Hearing horror stories about checked airline luggage going permanently missing. Uh, she bought tracking devices for her suitcases to ensure it would not have to rely on critically understaffed aviation industry right now, uh, which could cause its worst meltdown in history. So talking about staff shortages, they are having a rough one. Uh, lo and behold, all three bags contain the possessions and blah, 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 blah. Let's see. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Her husband and their one-year-old child remained almost 10,000 miles, 62, sorry, 6,200 miles away in Germany when they arrived in Cancun, Mexico. Our bags are still not been found and we will be without them for at least a week. I feel wow. like it's part of the traveling these days is becoming so common. Many people here in Mexico are on vacation without their bags. It's a mess and I've never seen anything like it. Um, and then it goes on to talk about the stories of, you know, thousands of pieces of luggage. Obviously, this this flight you're talking about to Detroit was to try to yeah. solve some of that. But that's bad. Also, I don't yeah, understand. Bad. Like, I know you're if you're short staffed, I get delays, right? Delays make sense mm-hmm. to me. But mm-hmm. why would that why would we have this nightmare lost luggage problem? Because so much of that is is automated, right? Like, you know, the uh um the bags uh have the little tags and stuff that have the the sensors on them or i guess the uh i guess somebody has to put them on the right belt is that the deal yeah so there still has to be human involvement before it 
Man, but if there I, aren't I enough of those guys. there was a whole guys. bunch of technology with um, the DIA baggage system, which is what delayed the development of that airport for such a long time. Yeah. Um, but I think somebody still has to be involved to, to move bags around. Interesting. Um, it says that across the world, the mishandling of bags is on the rise 24% over year over year from last year. Hmm. Uh, let's see. 8.7 suitcases per 1,000 international travelers not arriving. So that's <clears throat> that may seem like not much. But that's a big percentage jump, and you yeah. don't want to be that guy. Yeah, I'm not checking my bag. Um, I mean, listen, folks, it's probably worth picking up a Apple AirTag and putting it in your bag so that you know maybe you can see where it's at, where it's going. Yeah, I might do that actually when we go. I've got, uh, I've got one in my uh, in my suitcase. That's uh, a great idea. Yeah. I would hate then that though, because can... then you might know where it is, but you're still going to be like, "Oh my gosh, it's in Indonesia, and I'm I'm in Idaho." <laughs> like, we're... yeah, but you'll, <laughs> but at least you'll know that it's in Indonesia. <laughs> I guess so. But then, how do you do anything about it? Can you well, like? You could probably do more about it if you say, "Hey, uh, I meant to. I want to get my bag from baggage claim, but it's showing up in Indonesia. Can you do something about that?" Yeah. And then, then it's not like we've lost your bag. We don't know where it is. You can say, "Oh." Here it is, right here. I can show you on my phone exactly where it is. Yeah, and once again, someone in the chat mentioned it. I was going to mention it as well. American Airlines posted their quarter two profits. They are record high. Uh, Mayor yeah. Watt put this in here. They've never had a better quarter. Something's effed, man. You got to Y'all yeah, need to. Exactly. Y'all need to. Really? Because are those record high profits? Is that going to the right people? Yeah. I don't think it is. I think maybe yeah. higher pay people a living wage. Right. We're effed. Yeah, we're effed. We're totally effed. Uh, here's one. No, okay. oh, no, we're done. We're gonna wait. We're gonna wait because okay. Wendy, Wendy time. Here's, here's not one. <laughs> here's not one. Here's this instead. We're gonna take a break. When Wendy, or when we come back, Wendy will be here. But we can't do any of that until there's a song played. So Brian, uh, let's do that part of the show. I will do that. This is a brand new song from the band Sister Gemini. I'm pulling up my notes here because I was uh, too slow. Usually I, I do this during the last news story and I completely screwed up. Uh, she's an L.A. indie pop artist, Sister Gemini. She's not a band. She's a person and her name is Anakin. No, it's not. It's uh, mm. Gasman. But probably I'd change my name. Uh, Remy Gasman. Gasman. I'll change it to Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> Um, she, uh, creates pop infused bedroom beats, uh, as she describes them. Um, big thanks to dark secret media for getting me this one. This is a brand new song. It's called scooter song. Here is sister Gemini.
Ladies and gentlemen, mesdames et messieurs, it's time to play Future Sport. Then you're going to have to pay for your own bananas. The Morning Stream. Go blurg blurg. All right, we're back. Tell me again who that was, please. Sure. That is Sister Gemini and a brand new song called Scooter Song. Nice. Bedroom yeah. bedroom melodies. I like Bedroom pop. Bedroom uh, indie pop. Mm. I don't even know what that means. What does it mean bedroom? I don't either. Like made it in your bedroom good. or it's good for- I think for- so, right? Like okay. it's not a full lush arrangement. It's like her on a ukulele or something and- Okay. I'm, you know pajamas. what? pajamas. I'm going to- I'm gonna- <laughs> In a nighty. So pan- <laughs> pandemic music creation. I get it. Right. Exactly. Yes. Uh, hello. It, we have to do it. Hello, Wendy. How are you? Hi. Oh, hi. Yes. Oh, I forgot hi. to play this. Everyone knows it's Wendy. Look who it is. It's my sister, Wendy, all the way from Minnesota, where I guess it's been really hot and humid, right? Like everywhere. Mm-hmm. Not so much. Maybe I'm just used to it. It just feels good. Oh. I mean, it's been hot, yeah. but it's hot everywhere, isn't it? Yeah, it's hot everywhere. It is. It's a hundred here today, but it's there's no humidity, so it's kind of you know I just feel like I'm baking out there. You're just like on the the sear. I'm searing. Yeah, I'm searing the the outside. Royal setting. That's it. I like (laughs) I like medium rare when it comes to my body. Right. I mean, Uh, well, uh, Winnie knows what it's like to be white and not tan very well, but um, that's not what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about other stuff. Uh, my Wendy, my Wendy, my sister Wendy is here. I uh, don't call her my Wendy. That'd be weird. Um, <laughs> she comes on Thursdays. We do uh, some help for folks out there because she's an actual therapist. Unlike Brian and I, we have we're licensed for nothing. We, are, uh, we play therapists on television, but we're not we're actual not. therapists. Yeah, that is correct. I wear the white coat. That's about it. Uh, I actually kind of want one of those. But anyway, that's a different story for a different time. Sure. Let's get to it. Uh, Wendy poked me and said, hey, uh, what do you think about? coming up with something around the concept of defense mechanisms and uh had some everyone's defense yeah everyone's everyone's very defensive <laughs> right now and even this morning i went walking the dog with kim uh, early around the lake and and uh it's all houses now that lake is full of like three million dollar houses because uh, um, rich people seem to be doing fine anyway um i'm walking around there and everyone that we pass I am automatically in this weird mode of it used to be, you know, we're always very friendly. It's like, Oh, good morning to whoever it is. Stranger. It doesn't matter. And they're almost always in the past. Oh, good morning. Nice to see you or whatever. But it feels like in the last couple of years, people are a little more like me, you know, they want, they don't want to say good morning. They just kind of want to keep their head down mm-hmm. and keep moving. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so yeah. we, we still do it. We make sure we're saying good morning, but now there's this feeling in the back of my head is that guy's not going to say good morning back. Right. To me. Yeah. Like I'll say hi to people I pass on the bike path. If I, you know, ride by them, no matter walking, whatever, say, Hey, on your left. And, and they go over, I say, thank you. Have a good day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No they just response. don't want to talk. Like, you too. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. What's, what's so hard about that? Be a freaking human being. Anyway. Uh, so that's not what we're going to talk about, though. We're going to talk no. instead about this this thing <laughs> that I shared with Wendy. Like defense mechanisms. That just seems like a rant. <laughs> yeah, that's just me ranting. Yeah, which is one of the many defense mechanisms. <laughs> so I will. I will. I, so I will now expose myself. Well, as let me a, do this before yeah. you tell the story, which yeah. I think will be great. I yeah. just want to define it so yeah. we, we all yeah, are on ahead. the same page. Go ahead. Okay. So psychoanal analysis freud this is where the this term comes from this is kind of the the origin from psychoanalytic theory okay okay so it's basically 
um, the perspective that personality is made up, you know, of id, ego, superego. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And we have the, the unconscious. Maybe everyone's familiar with all the things I'm saying. Okay. So the idea of a defense mechanism is that our unconscious or subconscious picks up on things that might lead to emotional harm. And then in order to protect us from that harm, it presents a defense mechanism. So it's a protective response to perceived harm. But that that harm is picked up you know, very subtly. It doesn't have to be really obvious, right? So for example, walking by your neighbors and saying hello, neighbors used to not feel like a threat, but now that your neighbor could actually secretly think some crazy thing and hate you or whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we now have these ideas because we've learned how people think on the internet that people around you may not be so safe anymore. And so there's a perceived really sort of unconscious threat that maybe wasn't there before because we're tribal, right? Yeah. So the, it's like a stranger walking into your tribe and you don't know if they're a threat or not, but they don't look like you talk like you sound like you eat the same food as you, whatever. They're, they're so different. They are potentially a threat. Mm. We've moved from those aren't the boundaries. Necess- those are still boundaries, but it, your tribe could look like you and eat the same food as you and live in your neighborhood uh, and not actually be in your tribe. Still not be in your tribe. Yeah. Yeah. So it really is this sort of unconscious and getting picked in. Okay. So we'll go through what all the types are after you tell the story. Okay. So this but is- I just want to get everyone on the same page. Okay. So this is brief. Um, the other day on Twitter, so I was, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who was a policeman, uh, a cop here in, here in town works for the Salt Lake PD and, um, he's a uniformed cop and doesn't, you know, uh, I forget what his beat is, but it's somewhere downtown, you know, part, part of, part of town where there's some crime on the weekends and stuff like that. And, um, he is always telling me how he's trying uh, harder than ever. I mean, his dream is to be a cop when he was a kid and he's trying harder than ever to be the best possible person in that job and make a real difference. He wants to make a difference in communities. He wants to help kids. He's always volunteering for the stuff they ask cops for volunteering for, uh, you know, helping p- people do fundraisers, all that sort of stuff. So he's always trying to do that stuff and he's actively trying to be a force for good and change within the department because no department is perfect, certainly not in law enforcement these days. And, um, I got, I got annoyed and kind of defensive of him because other people around him were just lumping him into this group of all cops are bad. Mm -hmm. And so what I did is I got online and I farted out my, my hot take of, I think, you know, once again, you're just blanketing a thing without actually knowing anybody who does it. And so if you know people involved, it's much more complex. There's more nuance to this than just all cops suck. Uh, And boy, howdy, did I get reamed by the Twitter mob for this. Like I got yelled at, and I made me even more defensive, at least at first, um, about people saying, you know, they they were using simple examples of like, here's the problem. If you're, if you got four policemen and one of them does something awful on the job and three of the other policemen witness it, and they don't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. They're all bad cops. And I understand that take. I do. 
I get it. Yeah. And and they help me understand that more by listening to some of the people online, you know, giving me their, their reasoning or whatever. Some people are just outright, just freaking out. The ones that, the ones that explain their reasoning, you know, calmly and, uh, intelligently. Yeah. That happens once in a while, but there were a few, there were a few that were just like, you know, whatever, there are always going to be those few. But, um, anyway, the, the, my point with all this is I just, and I still, to this moment, I, I realize this might be coming from a position of naivete, um, but I just always hate this idea of everyone gets lumped into, you know, bl- blanketing an entire group of what turns out to be actual people. Like these are people. They're not robots. They're not whatever. You can you can say the system's broken. You can say the management's busted. You can say that uh, there's systematic issues across the board. And there are. There 100% is. But I also think it's fair to say there are some some people. Maybe it's a lot less than I think. But there's some people in that world trying to do good work. And... Mm-hmm. I got really defensive about it because I know this guy and I know where his heart is. So to say that basically to me, it felt like they were saying, well, your friends as bad as any cop because the whole thing's broken. The whole toilet needs to be flushed basically is what people say. Right now. You can say that about America. You you could say that about a lot of things. (laughs) There's a lot of things you could say about a lot of things. That's my point actually is that it's so complex and nuanced. It's just not as simple as saying it's all bad because you don't, how do you even know? You don't know. I mean, we have a lot of high-profile reasons to be very angry at the way police uh, systems are being run. Hell, you live in the the state where the the biggest mess in recent memory happened uh, in 2020 and caused some of the biggest riots we've ever had and the biggest protests and all that other stuff. So I know, especially right now, we're at a point where you know systematically massive massive overhauling needs to take place. What what police are actually responsible for? What they're actually committed to do in a community? stand around and not try to save those kids in Texas. Like that's busted. It's just freaking busted. Mm -hmm. I get all that, but I know this guy and I know his heart and I know him and I know a couple, at least a couple of others, maybe not as well, but I know him for sure is not this guy. No, I know a listener who's a policeman who I do not think is the problem at all. So I got so defensive about this and I don't know what that mechanism is in me that did that because the answer can't just be, everybody's out we're done like when is that the answer i don't know when that's ever the answer to anything if that's the answer that's just like that's just like scorched earth you know i I don't know when you do that or how you do that so so i guess what i'm saying is is that a uh well i guess we'll get to this and what kind of defense mechanism this is but is that a normal one or was i up in the night was i crazy that's not that's not a that's not a freudian defense mechanism (laughs) that's a well, okay, so we'll we'll clarify the difference, but if, let's stick with that for a minute. You feel defensive because you know a person, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's because you you have access to your a little data set. It's not big enough or scientifically rig- rigorous enough to really prove anything other than it means you cannot just jump into one tribe or the other. Right. And so just let me share so a brief thing. If anyone has a fan of Hidden Brain, there was an episode recently that you should check out about um, sort of tribalism. And it's this um, researcher who she goes to a, 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 a Yankees game wearing a Boston T-shirt with her date, who's a Boston fan. And she hates baseball and is not a fan of either, didn't care. But by the end is ready to get in a fist fight with a Yankees fan. (laughs) And, and how she, and this is her research is all about this, but just this very amazing, quick 
tribal identity that we get into. So another example, she's done tons of research on this, and one being five minutes ago, I assigned a group to wear red shirts and assigned a a group to wear blue shirts. And within five minutes, I can get them to talk trash about the other ones. I can get them to demonize them to, you know, if something bad happens to someone wearing a red shirt and you're a blue shirt, you're, you're finding joy in that. In fact, they, they can measure your facial muscles to see if you smile at all subtly when you hear something terrible happened to whoever your arch rival is. Yeah. I mean, we, we have this built in very quick. I mean, that sounds so stupid. Five minutes ago, you were assigned to a group. They, they've done this with just separating people in rooms and saying, okay, there's a group of people in another room coming up with their ideas. Let's get them. You know, like we're immediately in the Thunderdome. Like we're just, it's, it's kind of a, a built-in thing. So you take this topic of a difficult, nuanced, problematic, systemic, I mean, there's so many underlying things happening there here and there's no all good people or all bad people anywhere. In fact, there's not even a person who's all good or all bad, let alone groups of people who are all good or all bad. Yeah. Um, and so you, you have all of that and you get some information that makes you not tribal. So you could go the other way around. I bet I could, the minute I said to you, Hey Scott, here's a group of people who think the police are the greatest thing that's ever happened. And they're just keeping us from, all the nightmare that would be without it and you need to praise them, you'd be like, what? Yeah, I would have, I would have, that's funny. I hadn't even thought of it that way. I, of course, right. would, I would, of course, balk at that. So would my friend, by the way. <laughs> he would be exactly. like, oh, that's not exactly. how it works. And, yeah. and that's the, the conundrum is that, and this is what's hard about getting news from whatever source you decide is the right one, is you do the one that feels good and usually that feels like someone else is bad. Or you can, you, or, or, cons, or what's the word? Predictability or feels safer to you. Cause in the end, we're as human beings, our tribes are about safety. Our relationships are about safety, which this is where it ties into these defense mechanisms. When we don't feel safe, our internal system has a bunch of things it can do to try to maintain safety. And in your case, it doesn't feel really safe to have everyone bash the police with no nuance. Mm-hmm. either right? right you've been you've benefited by having living in a police state everyone has yeah you've also been harmed by it but not as much as certain people have been harmed by it right yeah. and so yeah. everybody has some skin in the game in here somewhere right but if you take either one extreme position or the other you're gonna make someone feel unsafe and when people feel unsafe they start to use certain techniques okay so i want you guys to guess what techniques so scott you were defensive yeah um, I mean, I don't know. Not of the, by wanted. the way, not of the institution. I'm just defensive no, no, of my no. friend who's a really exactly. good guy trying to do You're a nice job. That's it. Defensive of nuance, right? You're yeah. defensive of like, hold on, can we think about this? And you're doing it in the medium of Twitter, which is like so good at nuance, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I realize the forum, <laughs> the forum that I'm in is not the best place for nuance. There's no question. And about if that. and taking these examples of the you know the red and blue team T-shirts or the Yankees and Boston fans or the you know like the demonization of the other is the only way you can stay out. That's how you stay out of nuance. Nuance means knowing somebody and connecting with somebody and having another piece of information about what's going on. Right. Right. Um, Anyway. So, so you, you defensive of your friend that was protective. It was, this isn't fair. You know, that's kind of more of an outward version of, of maybe some of these mechanisms. But 
We're going to get to some of the more, more internal ones. Okay, so any guesses? Can you name, without Googling you two, <laughs> name a common defense mechanism in terms of, you know, kind of this Freudian model? Any is, there, is there a just walk away kind of, uh, or, you know, ignore it and move on? or a, a, Yeah. Ooh, you're uh, getting close to number one. Ooh, oh, really? Okay. You, yeah, Brian. number one is denial. Oh, okay. sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the the sort of repression is number two, and that's like not just not even seeing it. So you combined the for number one and two. Pretty good. Uh, nice. Excellent. Okay. Uh, All right. And Scott, and you got one you want to guess? <laughs> um, on a Freudian level, defense mechanism. Um, I My brain goes to people don't like being told what to do. So like, I don't know if yeah. we're close to anything there, but like in any, even basic stuff, like, I don't know uh, if your HOA says you can't have rocks in your front garden, we're going to fine you. That's, you get very defensive about that because you feel like the man's keeping you down. Gotcha. Good, good. Yeah. You're both tapping into, I mean, really common stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So before we go, and I want us to go through, we're going to go to the top most common ones. Okay. Yeah. And we're going to find slight examples of each just because I think it's, I think it's interesting for people to hear it outside of their internal world and then they can kind of see it, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what's so tricky about us as humans is our defense mechanisms make it so we can't always hear each other, right? Or we can't always see reality. Is that worse um, because we're doing a lot of it through keyboards and not? Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. 100%. And you'll, you can see that as we go through. But I, I first want to just note what is problematic about these so sometimes defense mechanisms can actually serve you and help you get through life. Every one of us uses a defense mechanism when we get into a car. Yeah. Right? You don't have it when you get on a plane. It's gone. You're like, we're going to die, right? Mm, well, but some you're people, not, but yeah, probably. But in a car, you might. Yeah. But you have to have something in the in, happening that prevents you from seeing reality. <laughs> right? And so... We're using these to our advantage. Like, there's an advantage. I can live my life and drive my car around, I guess. But, you know, I wouldn't otherwise if I had to feel the real fear of that every time I got in the car. Yeah. Okay. So this is, so sometimes these are helpful. Sometimes you learn them as kids and they really start to backfire as an adult, that kind of thing. But I want to just give you a quick list of how you know it's getting in your way and it's problematic. Okay. 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 And you might hear these and go, oh, this is all of us in modern life. Okay. Yeah. Ready? <laughs> Feeling sad or depressed, having difficulty getting out of bed, mm. avoiding daily activities, things or people that once made you happy, yeah. having difficulty forming or maintaining healthy relationships, and communication problems that hinder your professional or personal life. Mm. So if you have any of those, you might be like, oh, that's depression. Well, sometimes overuse of these things can actually lead to this because it disrupts yeah. your life's function. What if you only okay, got like so one or two of those? What yeah. does that mean? Okay. All right, so let's start with number one. This is the most common. <laughs> Denial. Denial. It's the most common. Okay. And it occurs when you refuse to accept reality or facts. So what does that look like? It's when somebody will basically block external events or circumstances. I mean, you've had conversations with people who can only hear what they want to hear. Oh, yeah, sure. Right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and really, if you, if you really think about what might be happening, it's that they just don't want to deal with the emotional impact. This yeah. is where I'm dangerous in conversations with people because I don't, I don't keep arguing my point to them. I get real curious about where they got their point from. And that's really scary sometimes mm. for people. Oh, they don't like it at all. They hate it. 
No, and it's because that's not what their plan was. The plan right. was to break down your argument, not yeah. to analyze their own. But really, I don't understand where they're coming from. So I had a conversation with someone once about Trump. They thought he was the, literally the savior. He was going to save all these children. And I just said, I don't understand what you're talking about. What is he doing for children? Yeah. And I was sincere. Like, I, I don't, yeah, tell I don't me, watch your media, so I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah. She's like, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. She's like, Google it. I'm like, Google Trump. He's like, I'm not going to get to it. So I just said like, no, truly help me understand what you really like about him. Well, she doesn't really like him. She she can't. She doesn't. She just needed to fight. And I was like, oh, okay. So then what I'm doing is, and this is dangerous, so I don't recommend it all the time, is I'm pulling down the denial part of like, um, there there are other options to think about here. It's I'm right. I have to be right. And again, c- come back to this safety piece. Yeah. I am safe defending my my point because over here this feels important to me. And for whatever reasons that may be, right? That and this is going to show up um a lot in interpersonal relationships, right? Like I just am not going to see the thing that's true in front of me. You're like um, Jordan Kepler, by the way. This was Jordan Kepler does for the, uh, or Kep- oh my Kepler, gosh, yeah. Klepper, is- whatever it is. You know who I'm talking about in the Daily yeah, Show? Totally. I I have oh. a hard time watching it because I'm like, oh, yeah, are you brave? Because this also, is what he does. Hey, he's doing this very thing. He'll 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 turn it. He's not confronting and he's not no. argumentative. He's just letting them try to explain themselves into a hole. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Right. And it Freaking and it him. and it works with. Anyone who is holding so tightly to something as an identity and as fact or truth to, to feel secure. Mm. And we all do it. Nobody is immune from this, right? Yeah. So you'll hear people say, oh, they're in denial. Like, you know, you've met people in denial before. You know, you've mm. seen it. You can picture it. But when you're the one in it, man, denial has a lot of houses in it. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot of people live in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there's denial. All right. So that one's. I gave an example. So you guys have to give examples of the next ones. Okay. Repression is the second one. This is unsavory thoughts, painful memories, irrational beliefs that upset you. So instead of facing them or working through things or talking them through or getting help, you just choose to hide them, hoping they go away. Um, So you're not, you're not, you're not, um, you are acknowledging that they exist. You're just choosing to like, uh, let's forget about that. Yes. And hoping okay. they just fade or go away. Okay. All right. And some of that might, I mean, okay. Do you have any examples of this you can think of? Um, you don't have to share your own, but just like repressing. You just kind of want to go I probably away. probably do, but <laughs> if I've repressed them, then I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah. Talk about someone else. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, what about the people who just want covid to go away that's like big general one though but mm. but that's a in the form of denial it's like ah whatever it's like the flu i'm not going to stop my life for this i'm just going to you know that whole thing is that is that a form of that uh, i mean I, I think so or maybe maybe even on like more individual levels you could find a large number of people who maybe they're grown up or are very religious and they repress sexual thoughts or they repress um negative thoughts that you know are like i'm a bad person because i think this you you know that type of thing that can be a really common form of this um you know yeah just where you're not supposed to um or you've been through something you know rough and 
and it's still a person in your life who was maybe abusive to you or something. And you just, I mean, it's too painful to see your mother at family dinner every week and really think about what, how she treated you when you were younger or something, right? So that repression. So this is a very common thing people work on in therapy is stuff they've been trying to shove down and it will cause problems, right? Um, It's, it's never a good thing. Okay. So this is one, (laughs) this is one that's fun. This is projection. I feel oh. like this should be bumped no. to number one. Projection should. It feels um, like projection has has moved up in the ranks to me, but right. it really has. It's Probably now good at number uh, one. Take, <laughs> take, <laughs> taking the lead. Okay, so projection. I'll define it, and then I want you to think of some that you've seen. Some thoughts or feelings you have about another person or group that make make you uncomfortable, but then you project those feelings and mis uh, misattribute them to the other person. Right. So, example is. You dislike your new coworker, but instead of accepting that, you choose to tell yourself that they dislike you. Oh, I see. So everything yeah. they do, you're interpreting as. Sure. You can do this with like yourself it. too, right? Like oh, something yeah. you hate about yourself, and you project it onto somebody, just to pile onto something you might not like about them. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I think 100%. so. I think that's totally it. Um, uh, is this the same thing as when? I hate to go big or go home here, but like if you're, <laughs> if you're, uh, uh, let's say you're a preacher and every week you tell your congregation that uh, gay people are terrible and drugs are bad. And then on the weekend after, you know, on the, on the days that you're not up in the podium, you're um, hiring male prostitutes and taking meth as an example. Yeah, that, that's, that's a, that's sense. a pretty, that's projection, right? I mean, that's literally you living away right, and then telling everyone else they're and you're wrong. You're projecting it onto, yeah, that's what I always think of. I know it's an extreme example, but it's what I always think of when someone says projection is they they are judging somebody or, or giving somebody else crap for a thing that they actually do, mm-hmm. which that, it can be minor. Even. It can be even just nothing. It could be like, oh, I'm on Twitter saying ah, that guy in traffic was a butthole, but also I'm probably a butthole sometimes in traffic, you know, like that. Yeah, 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 totally. That's projection. The next one kind of explains a piece of it, too. Right. And so you can look at historical examples of, you know, like the woman who started Mothers Against Drunk Driving eventually worked for Budweiser. Like what? You know, yeah. like there's some and, and this is everybody. Right. I, I don't want to talk about abortion, but there are plenty of Republicans who have had abortions and or had their girlfriends get abortions or, you know, like, mm-hmm. OK, it's good for us, but not for somebody else. Like those are the examples of like, I can't actually feel the feeling of disliking my coworker because that makes me a bad person. So I, I flip it so it's tolerable. So oh, gotcha. it's not weird. It's more comfortable to be yeah. disliked in your making up of the story than it is to actually dislike the person. Um, and so you can see how this might happen in lots of, of ways. So displacement is number four, and that's fairly similar. It's where you are, um, like it's an example of having a bad day at work and then taking it out on somebody else. You're displacing your experience or emotions onto someone, someone else's. So that's why, you know, I'm always suspect when anyone is exploding online about something, if you got curious and compassionate and they would talk to you, you would find there is a reason that that vitriol is coming out. And it's because there was vitriol that came in at some point. And it may be projection. It may be displacement. It may be a bunch of these different things. But if you think about how this impacts your relationships, imagine you're projecting your feelings on other people on a regular basis. Yeah. It means you aren't in connection with your own feelings and you can't have a real relationship with someone who cannot connect to their own emotional thing. And let alone that they then put on you, whatever the 
heck they're actually feeling. So, so you're, I, you're not a real person. So I had a, I had an experience that I've, I can't believe I didn't tell on the show. It's actually a long time ago. So I would, it would have to have, I would have to have remembered it, but I just thought of it. There was some time ago, I don't know, probably 15 years ago or something. I was driving and the person in front of me, I thought was being so stupid, like pumping yeah. their brakes when they shouldn't going too mm-hmm. slow. I try to change lanes. They move <laughs> over, like just being the dumbest traffic ever. Right. Uh-huh. And I finally got to a place where I could get out and pass them and get in front of them. And I do that and I didn't flip him off or anything, but I look over at him and I'm going to give him this face and kind of, you know, mouth like learn how to drive or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it's a guy I know who is the <laughs> sweetest, nicest man. He's older, really nice guy who was like always super sweet. He would mow our lawn. No one would ask or say or do it like just the nicest neighbor guy that I and I knew him. Um, and it just hit, hit me in the face. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's that guy. And why I would never say anything bad to him. I don't care how bad he drives. It doesn't matter. Like, I, I already I already know he's great. What am I doing? And then yeah. I felt like the biggest idiot that day because I just was like, you know, I was I was as mad at him as I was any stranger ever in traffic. And then I'm like, oh, no, this is like being mad at my my grandpa or something. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. But maybe someone should get his license. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, the truth, the technical truth is maybe he was driving beyond his years. But my point is, sure, sure. you yeah. know, like I, I'm no longer mad. In fact, if anything, I was like suddenly compassionate. I was like, oh, no. Oh, shoot. Well, maybe I should help. him. You know, like I had this different yeah. reaction mm-hmm. because that knowledge of who he was. And and by the way, I'm making this face, and he looks back at me and smiles and waves. It was a really weird. It's a really weird me- memory for me. Was to, it a quick like adjustment of like? Ah, oh yeah, it's, hey, it's you. What's up? You know, like I'm glad. But I you have BRF, so he might just be thinking, "Oh, that's Scott." Yeah, <laughs> right. I right. do have BRF or RBF. That's what your is it? that's your cover, man. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a grumpy face. You have a helpful face. I got the grumpy one. Thanks a lot, Mom. Yeah. For, I'm happy yeah. to get that thing off the top of the shelf for you again. Um, okay, so that's a great story. I, yeah, I think, yeah, projection. But projection is I'm late, and this guy's a terrible driver, and the fury that you should feel at yourself for dinking around and being late goes towards someone else and then gets exemplified or, you know, amplified because you're in traffic. Yeah. Right. So right. projection is happening all day long for all of us. And displacement similarly is very common where we're just getting whatever feeling or frustration we have towards something else. We take it out on who's ever easier to take it out on. So you can't take it out on your boss or you lose your job. So you go home and, you know, berate your child for not doing the dishes. Sure. sure and sure. so you can see how these these types of ways to handle our emotions are dangerous. Right. Yeah. Um, because it starts to interact, it, it impact your relationship with your kid, which has nothing to do with them. Your bad day at work has nothing to do with that kid, but now it does. Um, and so you can see how this gets more and more dramatic yeah. as time goes on. Okay, number five is regression. Regression, um, okay. Yeah. So this is essentially, and it's really easy to see this with younger children, but it's when somebody who feels threatened or really anxious, they may unconsciously escape to an earlier stage of development. So a kid, you'll see like something stressful happens. They go get their binky and their blanket that they haven't used in years. Right. Um, or wetting the bed, sucking their thumb. Those, those are like really obvious mm-hmm. forms of child regression. But adult, adults can do this too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, not, it's just that, again, that nurturing safety, you know, fetal position, right? 
maybe holding on to your stuffed animal again or comforting foods, overeating comforting foods can be a form of this, right? Um, something with chewing or, you know, chewing on a pencil or a pen or smoking, those can, those kind of mouth behaviors sometimes can be regressive acts. Yeah. Um, and then a really common version of regression is just like, I'm just going to stay home and play video games and watch TV and not do anything. Yeah. Like just feeling overwhelmed. And so you regress to a state of, of not adulthood. Right. Yeah. And we all this do it. We sounds, all feel this. Sounds really good right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. It's very tempting. Yeah. Right. Uh, and you know, we worry when we watch a kid do it, but I just think it's so common among adults. We've stopped paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So rationalization, this is, these are the, the there's a couple here that are going to, hit home for most people. So rationalization is, you know, I think we use this more commonly in language, right? Um, but it's when people attempt to explain undesirable behavior with their own set of facts, right? Yeah. So it lets you feel comfortable with the choice you made, even if you know on another level, it was not a good decision. Right. So do you guys have any examples of rationalization? Any rationalization you've done lately? Lately? <laughs> well, here, I'll give you an example. Yeah. You didn't get a promotion at work. No. And then you say to yourself, well, I didn't want it anyway. And you tell oh, the people you right, didn't want right. it. Anyway. Sour grapes approach. Uh, oh, that's okay. That's an interesting one. Um, you just change the facts to make yourself feel better. Yeah, I got one. Okay. So I got fresh blood work done. Um, and I knew going into this blood work that my last three months were not the three months I was hoping to provide to my physicality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was, I had goals and I didn't reach them. And I also cheated a bunch and on what kind of food I ate. My blood work came back high, high on my A1C again, not super high, like dangerous high, but high enough to like, I regressed basically as to use that yeah. word again. Um, and I know what I have to do to fix it. But my initial reaction was, well, I mean, look at the world. Look at all the stuff we're dealing with. Look at it. No wonder oh, I sat sure, and ate right. that bag of yeah. chips that night. Of course. Had, like, of course I have to do, I have to eat like this because I'm coping with yeah, what's going on in the world. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I, and then I was like, oh, this isn't my fault. Somehow I lost two pounds in three months, but this is still a problem. I mean, it was all my own fault, <laughs> but I still had these yeah. feelings of like, well, where else can I push some of this uh, regret? Mm-hmm. That isn't yeah. me. Yeah, because that's hard to have the full weight of responsibility on your shoulders. And yet, it. And, and if you think of, and I keep bringing this back to relationships contextually, right? Yeah. Like you rationalize your bad behavior um, and you do it so much, you start to see that like other people, you're not taking responsibility for your life. You're not as trustworthy. You're maybe um, the other person just doesn't, know what you really I don't know like you're not you're just not taking accountability and that has impacts in any relationship right yeah. um so and we're really convincing right like I'm mm-hmm. always late yeah. leaving out the door I'm always the last one I've done a million stupid things on the way out like literally one time I was mopping as I walked out like it's it's just how I get crap done in my life and it <laughs> means I'm late and everyone's in the car waiting and I get in the car and I'm instantly like, let me tell you all the things I've done, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and Adam's just quiet. And he's just like, yep, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's so I don't have to take responsibility for making mm-hmm. everyone like, 
I get to be the hero for having mopped the kitchen floor or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's, it's funny how this can just sort of build in your life. Um, and you may not realize the damage that it does. I realize the damage it does, but I still do it. So no judgment. Okay. Number seven, sublimation. You heard this one before? No. Not yeah. not without the word die before it. <laughs> die sublimation. Die sublimation. <laughs> okay, right. so this this type of defense mechanism is considered a mature positive strategy. That's because people who rely on it choose to redirect strong emotions or feelings into an object or activity that is appropriate and safe. Oh. So for example, instead of lashing out at your coworkers during a stressful shift, you choose to channel your frustration into your kickboxing class. So the difference between I have a bad day at work and I go home and I kick the dog, I go home and I kickbox, right? Yeah. But so you funnel or redirect the feelings into music, art, sports, you sublimate yeah. rather than letting it destroy relationships. So it's like positive redirection. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's a good so thing. Maybe you guys do it. That's number seven. So that's a good thing. <laughs> you should do that, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So number sure. eight, reaction formation. This is people use this when they recognize how they feel but they choose to behave in the opposite manner of their instincts. Mm. So it would be an example might be, um, let's see, they feel they, you feel like you shouldn't express any negative emotions like anger or frustrations. So instead you react in overly positive ways. So I don't know if you've ever done this, but you've surely been around someone who has, Oh, Oh, you know, who's a great example is the page on 30 Rock. Oh, 30 Rock. Uh, Kenneth, yeah. Kenneth, yeah. Kenneth is a, a person who <laughs> has reaction formation. It's right, too, okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. So really Hot, the that's the devil's temperature. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, so this one is really common. The next two are probably, I think, should be one and two. Well, I think projecting should be one. I think nine and ten are really pretty common, especially, um, yeah, in modern life. So compartmentalization. So sometimes yeah. you think this is all good, right? Oh yeah, no people praise compartmentalization, but I, I it hasn't been my experience. It's just holding yeah. it back until it explodes. Yeah, so Not it's great. really just putting your life into independent sectors to protect each other, each part from each other, mm-hmm. and essentially like you know keeps these these lines, and so so to keep you safe. Yeah. So an example might be you never talk about your personal life at work, or right. you block or off or compartmentalize work from your or religion yeah. or anything yeah. like that. And yeah. some of that we have to do nowadays, don't we? Tina, I mean. Tina's uh, new job is working with adult protective services and she sees oh, wow. kind of the horrific ways that um, people treat their, their yeah. grandparents are just, you know, like taking advantage of them. Like, Oh, grandma, um, let me go ahead and help you with your bank account. Can I have your uh, account number and password and all that? Lame. Um, and so I don't know how Tina, comes home and is still positive and is still cheerful because she doesn't appear to be compartmentalizing. She will talk about her work and she will talk about these things and still be like, you know, but I helped five people today or I, I, you know, really felt good to help this one person. And she just does this amazing job of, uh, I don't know if that is, um, well, maybe she's doing it. She's processing processing with you. Yeah. That's, that's the key I think, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, it can lead to some some uh, beneficial compartmentalization. Like, if we had every ER professional take their work home every minute, mm-hmm. of uh, they can't function in their lives. And this is why you have compassion burnout. And this is why you have 
you know, folks in these intense situations that just can't keep doing it. Like it's really, um, so it's necessary on one hand. I think when we get to the extreme of compartmentalization, you you start to block off emotionally um, or, you know, like there can be other other challenges, but it can, it can be beneficial. Some people just can't even do it. And some people do it maybe a little too much. I can't do it. Kim can do it. That's, that's the, Mm -hmm. that is the simplest way to describe my my, Kim and I and how we differ in that one way. She is, she is very good at tucking everything away in the compartment it was meant for. And I cannot do that. (laughs) I am processing a hundred percent of the time. I process all day. Like, I'm going to go up yeah. after this show and go, how was the show? It was great. We talked to Wendy. We did this. We did this. And, blah, 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 and I'm going to process. <laughs> and she's going to be like, I'm busy. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah. Enough with your yeah. list. Yeah. Okay. So the final one is intellectualization. And this one's interesting because I, I, I work with a number of very brainy people who are paid and praised and have been praised since they were precocious youngsters to intellectualize everything. And so it is real tough to get through sometimes. Um, And this is when you are hit with a trying situation and you are just trying to remove all emotions from your responses, just focus on facts, Um, you know, make a spreadsheet. That's going to, that's going to solve the problem, you know, that type of thing. Sure. And that gets you in trouble in some of the sort of the requirements to have emotional connection. Um, But it's really powerful stuff. You know, you get praised. It's hard when some of these things are praised and they don't allow you to have other things that are healthy in your life because everyone needs you to be this or that because that's what you've been to them or whatever. Right. They've compartmentalized you. I mean, parents do it. We, We label our kids and, you know. Growing up, that was right. super obvious in our house. Everybody had a label, and it seemed fun in a way to go, oh, he's my sensitive one, or she's my smart mm-hmm. one, or she's mm-hmm. my helpful one, or she's the rebellious one, or whatever. That's fun when your neighbors are over, but your kids hear it, and then they think that's what they are, and then they actually become that thing. Right. And you're, if you're lucky, you're, you know, you were one of the positive labels. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Even then, now you got if something to live lucky. up to. And, yeah. yeah, but then you can't be something else, right? Yeah, like- exactly. It's pretty weird. Yes. Okay. So those are the fun top 10. And so if anyone's listening, you're like, wait, what? You know, I realize I'm doing one of these things. Yeah. And I am also feeling crappy or having trouble in my relationships or I'm communicating poorly at work or at home. You know, it, it would be worth if you're seeing a therapist to bring it up and talk about some of them or, you know, get to know this a little bit better. What's really helpful. So my early training was with sex offenders and this was crucial to their care was to really go deep into defense mechanisms mm-hmm. because you know they have behaved they have behaved in ways that they found even repulsive and hated themselves and you know so it, they're not all one thing and so you'd have to figure out how do you go from you know how you see yourself to doing something so horrendous how do you recover? And a big piece of that was to really look at how do you, how are you using these, these mental mechanisms to protect yourself from hard truths, hard feelings, hard stuff, and like really learn to sort of stop using those things and allow yourself to feel it's tricky. Um, and this is why, you know, Tina is amazing. There is some, 
hard work people have to do in every community out there that goes usually unfunded, um, underfunded, but just that humans can do some things to each other that are not okay. And that damage, especially when it starts in childhood, has this impact of just safe feelings aren't safe. It's not okay to be scared. It's not okay. Your voice isn't heard, et cetera, et cetera. And it, you know, your psyche builds all these ways to protect yourself, you know, going forward. So Yes, these are a thing you're doing. There's a reason. Um, and someone can usually help you with it. There you go. Defense mechanisms, everybody. Take oh. take the, all that advice, compartmentalize it, and then... Find the one that's right for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's great. I I, I, I don't know. I, f- I felt like I needed some closure on my, my Twitter fiasco this week with this uh, yeah. thing with my cop buddy. Um, and so I, redirect it and get a punching bag. There you and, go. Uh, and and put a big blue bird on it. Yep. <laughs> and, and, the, and the question too, I mean, this is, to go back to that, you, there is some healthy ways to handle it. There is some, yeah, yeah. but there is also, I mean, curiosity kills the argument, you know, where it's just like, okay, so tell me what has happened in your own life that got you to this conclusion. Yeah, and I there's, a, do that there's a lot of white people who've never had one bad interaction with a cop who are feeling like good allies and jumping to the defense of others and, you know, trying to do all of that thing. But, you know, what is what is their their reason um, that they're feeling that way? And then what do you do when your neighbor across the street's an awesome guy and he's a cop? How do you rectify that? Our brains are kind of crappy to do anything that isn't tribal, protectionistic, et cetera. It takes effort. It takes mm-hmm. communication. It takes exposure. It takes actually looking. The irony is when people say, do your research, like it really would be great if people did open-minded research that isn't just finding what you already believe. It's like talking to another human or, and this is why we have research, right? In the end is we have to, you, you got to talk to a thousand people for it to feel valid because one person isn't, you know, enough. It's so, I enough. mean, there are yeah. versions of, are you being curious? Ask yourself the next time you're in a Twitter fight, are you being curious at all about where that other person came to this position? And most of the time we are not, we are in almost full a, armor mode. Yeah. Almost a hundred percent of the time we're not. Right. I know and that's not, because yeah. you don't have a face and you don't have a person and you don't have to go to the store with them next week, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so it's, it's really tricky. I know what I'm saying is like almost ridiculous because it's really hard to do. Yeah. But there is a version of, and even in your own personal life and people you are connected to, if you stop trying to make your point and try to understand them first, it's it's shocking what will happen. A, their thing will fall apart or they will have a very good reason that you will get. And not that it'll change your mind, but you'll get. You'll get that they're afraid that the police will be taken away. And what will they do to feel safe? Because this is how they felt safe. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. versus you're danger to the rest of us because you still want to feel safe. Now, there's other nuances. I mean, nuance is dead, and let's be honest. Okay. <laughs> nuance and irony like are sharing to, a grave. I like to act hopeful, and then it breaks apart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's uh, it's good, though. This is a good topic. I really enjoyed this one, so I'm glad you mm-hmm. – uh, we, we kind of last-minuted it, too, but it's one of my favorites we've done in a long time. I mean, time. we could always yeah. jump in with psychological principles that are – 
a little uh, underrepresented in, in, in conversations. It, yeah. You know. So if we don't have one of your emails one week, you guys, we'll find a way. Nature finds we'll a way. We'll find a way. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get weird. So you might want to send in some emails. Yeah. Get those emails in here before we get too weird. Uh, that email address is themorningstream at gmail.com. Or if you're already connected with Wendy's stuff, you can always contact her and let her know. Whatever, however we get them, we'll get them and we'll talk about them here on the show. Uh, Wendy, this weekend is, of course, the big dumb 24th of July holiday thing, and everyone's coming over but you, and that makes me sad. But I hope you guys have a nice, safe. Uh, I mean, I wasn't even invited. Maybe I would have come. Um, I doubt that, but <laughs> you know, if you did, it would have been great. Um, but John already texted and says, "What's the main dish?" And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. So I'm going to try not to be defensive. I'm going to. You try should to- and, and yeah. It yeah. make some type of. Uh, Asian dish that yeah. would be called. Kim almost did that. She almost said, "Oh, um, we're making sharshuka or some kind of weird, you know, <laughs> psycho thing that he would not. He would think is on a different planet because he hates anything you if it's not pasta. Forward. If it's not yeah. pasta and boring American food, he's out. So that's yeah. so funny. It's a good, it's a good deterrent. Yeah. <laughs> there is a defense mechanism there. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Anyway, uh, we'll my best to all of you and whatever statehood day you guys have in Minnesota, which is probably a lot more less fireworky. Um, but uh, enjoy that. <laughs> we'll uh, talk to you next week. Have a good one. Okay. Bye. 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 All right. It was a good one today. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. Next week is going to be an interesting animal with uh, with Vegas. Like how? Because I have. Oh, I have a right. It's in microphone. a week. That's so weird to me. It, it is a, weird. Yeah. I don't know how July. Whatever. I know I complain yeah, about time. I know. It but, flew by. Yeah. Get it. But anyway, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. If you we'll take figure it, it out, a little I've got something. a Rode microphone that I can use in the hotel room. We'll just have to figure out timing and that sort of thing. Yeah. We'll figure it out, you guys. We'll do our best, our very best. The Wednesday is going to be tricky. The Wednesday may not be me. So yeah. if not, we'll we'll either get a guest or we'll we'll figure out something. Yeah. Uh, but I'm excited for your trip and you dodging COVID balls the whole time you're there. <laughs> Dancing, what is it? Uh, dodging raindrops or something like that? Yeah. yeah. I'm do- how's, it, how's that go? That's a great song. It is something a great song. Dodging yeah. raindrops. Oh, it's that band. I love that. Who, wait, who is that? <laughs> now it's going to bug me. Oh, 311. It's 311. 311. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's a really good song. All right, uh, that's that's it for the show, everybody. Thank you for being here. Quick note: we got a bunch of shows coming up. Core tonight at five thirty. Of course, Coverville today one still yes. right one p.m. one p.m. Mountain Time. Yep. Uh, uh, so watch for that. That'll be great. Mountain Time. If you guys want a big roundup of what I did with that Steam Deck, Core is the show to check in on tonight. Oh, so, cool! Yeah, yeah. be good to, good to see that. Uh, there will be a guest the connection tomorrow before the couch party. So two p.m. Mountain Time. Twitch.tv/slash/Coverville. So win a prize before you come to the. Uh, uh, couch party and i can tell you the prize because it got um the person who won last time was out of the u.s so the prize includes those mario salt shakers mario and luigi salt and pepper shakers and i know you have a set of those don't they're you, awesome Scott, or... yeah i love those things yes. they're great yeah i wish i wish luigi was making a side eye kind of luigi face <laughs> it's salt <laughs> <laughs> hey mario um, anyway, yeah, so there's that. Then this weekend, Film Sack, we're doing, <laughs> we're doing the Transporter Two. Yeah, because I watched it last night. And yeah. uh, is it better or worse than the first? Is it? Uh, some of each, right? There's some parts that are better. Yeah. There's some parts that are worse, and there is one scene that that just had me saying, "No freaking way." <laughs> More than deflecting a missile with a tray, with a metal tray? More than deflecting a missile with a metal tray. Wow. There is one thing that yeah, wow. that I can't wait to talk about. 
that happens. I can't believe there's something weirder than that. Yes. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, and like you mentioned, for patrons, uh, we got the couch party on thir- on Friday. Yeah. 3 p.m. We're doing the first two episodes of Loki. Yeah, that's right. Loki. You heard us. Loki. Oh, my gosh, Scott. We're we're breaking your Loki streak. <laughs> yep, breaking my Loki streak. I'm glad you didn't say something else. Um, anyway. <laughs> so that's your Loki cherry. There you go. You that's what you meant to say. Didn't want me to say. Uh, Patreon.com slash TMS is how you support the show. And if you're looking for everything else, it's over at frogpants.com slash TMS. We mentioned it before, but we'll say it again. Our email is themorningstream at gmail.com. You are all welcome to use that anytime you want. That's going to do it. Brian, we got to play him out, though. And uh, I know you prepared some sort of request here. What do we got? I've prepared it. I've served it up, heated it, warmed it on the hot plate. Well, uh, and this one is going out to Furry Viking. Hello, Covermaster and Mr. Johnson. My birthday is July 25th. Back in 2014, I sent in a birthday request at a point when a lot was about to change. The woman I proposed to is now my wife, and I could not be happier about it. I left my hometown and a job I loved to get my degree at the age of 40 back in 2015. I graduated in 2019 with honors. Now I'm getting ready to shake things up again in hopes that fortune favors the bold one more time i'm accepting a job offer that will relocate the both of us and create a host of new opportunities Wow. Having said all that, a TMS birthday request seems like the perfect tradition to set off on the next set of adventures with my lovely wife. My request this go-round is a cover by one of the few bands that Heather and I both agree on, AWOL Nation. They released a cover album this year and did a fantastic cover of Take a Chance on Me. Since she took a chance, and my new employer did as well, this seems particularly poetically perfect. If you could plug this one in the 25th or somewhere near it, I would be ever so grateful. TMS remains one of the things that I look forward to on a regular basis. So big thank you to Scott, Brian, the TMS All-Stars, and the Tadpole. Thank you all for providing some positive energy in this crazy world we live in. Hopefully it's not too early for a test of the ship's bacon cheddar ranch scooters. Oh, man. He wants it all. Good luck. He wants it all. <laughs> okay, hold on here. That last one should take Scott a minute if he can find it at all. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> so here's this one. Let's test the ship's phasers. What was the other one? Tender crisp bacon deal. Tender crisp bacon cheddar ranch. What else not was it? Too early for a fish sandwich. It's too early. To- hey, it's too early to get a fish sandwich. Right. And then what? Now the pièce de resistance scooters. Oh, scooters! Shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It is harder. Hold on. Yes. I'm gonna find it. It's so old. Scooters. It is old. Okay, I found it. Oh. Don't want to bend nobody. No, that's just the lady. We got scooters. Oh, I can Once again. Oh, no, no, I did find it. We got scooters. No, it's another. Sorry. I don't have the lady. All right. You got a little bit of these kids, so it's fine. Oh, uh, that's all right. That's, that's, all, that's all you get. Love the show, though, Furry Viking. Uh, and happy birthday. Give him a happy birthday. Okay, we can do that. Oh, real quick here, though. Uh, that scooters one with this little Sebastian voice. This one. We got scooters. So that kid's probably what three at the time. <laughs> right. That was twenty eleven. Twenty seven. That's twenty eleven. That would make him. Tw- uh, t- sorry, what would that make him? Three eleven years. Uh, fourteen. Fourteen years old. Think of that. All right. <laughs> anyway, oh, happy birthday! Sorry, hold on. We got to play that one. Uh, oh. There you go. Done. Uh, that's the best one. Uh, all right, AWOL Nation and Jewel. Yeah, Jewel got together with the, for this one. This is from the uh, My Echo, My Shadow, My Covers, and Me, which came out this last year. One of my favorite cover albums of the year. Maybe my favorite. We'll just have to see when the end of the year rolls around. Here is ABBA's Take a Chance on Me. All right, that's it. We'll see you guys uh, soon on the weekend for you patrons. Everybody else we'll see you on Monday.
Bye now. If you change your mind, I'm the first in line. Honey, I'm still free. Take a chance on me. If you need me, let me know. Gonna be around. If you got no place to go, if you're feeling down.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Oh, all right. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.